I got chills. And I'm like, I'm watching a fucking cartoon about Star Trek. <laughs> Captain's Pot, Stardate 811123.2. Welcome aboard the Starships Enterprise, and thank you for joining us as we take a brief short leave from the world of cinema sins to explore the universe of Star Trek. I'm your captain, Ian Whittington, and with me as always, rumour has it we had to change her name due to royalty issues, but that's just a load of bullshit that I need to remove from my brain. <laughs> it's Ambassador <laughs> Demain. Ah, uh, that's funny. I have changed my name. You? Oh no, you have. That's not bullshit. Dang it. But it wasn't for royalties. It wasn't. But maybe it is yeah. now. Maybe you're inspiring me to change my name again. And claim all of the Jennifer royalties that you That's missed right. out on for all of these mm -hmm. years. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Anyone named Jennifer. That was eye opening last what? week. The the live fact checking that we had um, oh. that we had going on. Well in like in what way? Well, the Nick Lacano thing has just been in my head, the fact that it's we it, we got Tom Paris because of royalties, and it's just not. And I'm sure I've seen that on like a Blu-ray DVD extra thing where they've said this to me. But I've just invented memories. Don't trust your memories, people. That's this week's PSA. That's right. If you think that you've given us a five-star review, you haven't. Go do it yeah, now. Go do it right now. <laughs> No, Amazing. I know what you mean about being corrected and feeling that defensiveness of like, no, 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 no. This I has to be right. This, this is my this reality. This is foundational. Yeah. And then you, like, we stopped the show, yeah. did our own research, and then restarted the show. And I'm so happy. Like, for me, the big revelation was I, I knew I liked doing a live show. Mm -hmm. But I really love that the audience that's watching us live are sort of becoming part of our production team in a yeah. way. <laughs> I love it because we would have put that out. I would have continued the myth. I would have sounded like an idiot to anybody that knows better. So we just I, instantly I, corrected I it. The the community brain. Um, no one person is is an expert. So yeah. Before we before we move on from it though, we I must say it is nice for you to have kept it in because mm. we edit the show. You could have easily re-recorded something and put it seamlessly into the show yeah. to where all of the podcast <laughs> people who can't join the live show would have never known that you were absolutely fucking wrong yeah, <laughs> but if, you kept it in if only i thought of that then i could have just deleted <laughs> no it, it was a choice i think it, I, I love i love acknowledging that i can be wrong and that my information can be wrong and that all of our brains can be wrong and that we should always be humble with our knowledge unless you know you're right then you can dig your heels in wow yeah, that that just went everywhere. That, that went was, that all was over a, the place. That was yep. a shotgun blast of of you. Okay, should we do some emails? Yes. Let's do it. Emails. emails. Okay, hailing frequencies open, everyone. It's time for us to read your emails from Discord, Twitter, and well, email. We have a beautifully, perfectly um, formatted email from Bethany Chatfield. Uh, it begins, computer begin transmission. Good day, Captain. Good day, Ambassador. Like so many people, I would love to see more Strange New World episodes. Strange New Worlds, plural? Yeah, Strange New Worlds episodes. But what if instead of just adding more episodes to future seasons, they went back and did extended editions of seasons that have already happened? That way we could get more episodes with Hammer like a Hammer's Day episode, or episodes that can flesh out some more relationship stuff. Oh, shit, there is relationships in this email. Oh, I like um, it because it's relationships. Oh, I didn't mean that's, to. That's but good. Yes, relationships feel less like a Disney romance 
and I'm thinking in brackets, that's the La'an and Kirk thing. What mm-hmm. are your thoughts on that? That's, I haven't seen another TV show do that deliberately, I don't think. That would be really cool. So the idea is that we don't get a new episode, we get the extended version. Or we get an, a, a, an additional episode from season one. So like that would then become 11 seasons. Like we did, we go back and like, you know what? We needed some more Hammer. So let's do more around Hammer. Or we go back and do the child that's been left on the planet to suffer and get tortured. We do an extra episode fixing that. What I love about this idea is that it feels a bit like Lower Decks meets Strange New Worlds. Mm. Because there was a episode where it was sort of like, while the A-team is doing this, this is what you didn't see. Yes, exactly. And, and I really enjoy that. But I mean, I think this is a super good idea. In order to pull it off, there would be, need to be some resources. So in a mm. world where there's like unlimited resources to go and, and make this happen, I am super on board yeah. with it. Or we just go back to making longer seasons again. Right. 20 episode seasons, please. But I don't but know if that's our world any longer. It really doesn't seem like it is, which bums me out because I feel like we are missing out on something. But let's let's go to 15. Let's go to, yeah. you know, let's let's just go a little bit longer, especially especially when you have a set like yes. strange new worlds like that beautiful ship. It's glorious to look at. Completely agree. Where I've landed is that I wouldn't want it to replace season three. I'd want it as well as, which just leads us back to having more episodes per season. So I want us to, I think how Star Trek usually ends up doing this is they'll continue into the future. And in anything that's like intriguing or has perked the interest, they'll go back and do a follow-up episode on it instead of this adding extra episodes. But I would love it as a between seasons thing if we just have 20 minutes of this is what happened after this episode or this is what happened that you didn't see um but i wouldn't want it instead of a season three but it's an interesting format thought experiment it is it is it is and and i would love also for this to just become a standard like what if while recording these shows they purposefully had an extra 15 minutes of content Mm. that they know is going to hit the editing cutting room floor or they could just film in adjacent to the main story. Yeah. And then they release those bits later. So you're still using the moment and the momentum of creating the show while it's normally being recorded. But you know that the bite-sized bits are going to be released mm. in a different format later. Um, But yeah, it requires a lot of for for. Oh my goodness, uh, yeah. Obviously, we need to just forward this email on to some executive and be like, hello, do this. <laughs> <laughs> exactly we can brainstorm with you <laughs> please please bring us onto the show any of them any any of the shows i don't care which one amazing well we do have uh we got a lot to get through this week so no more time for emails but we do have a nice little pile building up so if you haven't heard your email yet it will be on a future episode i promise and uh, let's get back to the show okay this week's episode it's the season finale of season four of lower decks ambassador We've watched another 10 episodes of Lower Decks. Yeah. Before we get into what this uh, title is and our predictions and whatnot, how do you feel about the season overall? I've really enjoyed it. Mm. Um, I, I I think that we've seen some of the parts of this show that sing really well in different episodes, you know, like their humor and the quick wit and the faster pace, the Boimler freakouts. But they've also developed the characters enough that 
they're shifting away from the first season iteration, mm. which is a really brave and important thing to do in when you let your characters evolve, maybe even in ways that you don't want. I think that's one of my favorite things. Yeah. Part, so, so like, for example, this is a pretty extreme example, but you've got like the Simpsons. These are characters that are yeah. forever and equally in one frame uh-huh. of mind. Like Bart is Bart. Homer is Homer. And, and those kinds of shows become this sort of staple in existence of like, I mean, people refer them, refer to them forever. Now, obviously in the Simpsons case, they've been around for so long. It's insane how many seasons they're into now. I don't even remember, but those characters might have little blips and moments of developing within an episode, but it's almost like every episode is a reset back to the beginning of the day, which is a really interesting concept. However, this isn't that this isn't, and it could, it could have that similar, like, rick and morty vibe where every episode is like a reset and sure some things are you know built upon and these super fans will know them and point them out and things like that but it's sort of like an adventure every single time Mm. and for this show not to do that and show some depth and and uh, intention of evolution is really exciting for me yeah um and it, you know, give us some laughs and some really fun animation to watch it's not something that lasts too long uh, and it's really fun for you, the super fan, if I'm picking up on that. Oh, this season's been great. Um, I think I liked it better than season three, which um, I don't remember <laughs> the top of my head. But I do remember we had like, I think we had a lot more inconsistencies and like frustrations around Mariner in particular last season. There were like some really great episodes, but then some wheel spinning. This season feels like we've had way more momentum and progression with the crew getting promoted, Mariner actually dealing with why she does the things that she does, um, spending less time with Boimler, I guess, and his struggles. But I think the stories have been solid. The references have been solid. Some of the loose ends they've tied up from TNG have been so much fun. Um, so yeah, this has been a really, really, really great season and I'm kind of really pumped for season five. Oh my goodness. Already? I'm ready for it. I would have it next week. I would love it. Wow. So um this week's episode is the finale last we um left the crew mariner had been kidnapped by nick Lacano, um who we found out is behind the alien ship that is kidnapping all of these species and causing havoc across the quadrant this episode is called old friends new planets any predictions for how this is going to get wrapped up well you and chat have talked about some genesis machines so let's just (laughs) assume that we're going to make a new planet because we have to see what Nick has been up to, what he has wanted from all of these ships, why he has been collecting them. Was it for pure chaos creation? Was it because he was looking for something specific, like a, a device of some kind? So New Planet kind of tells me maybe we're looking at someone trying to create a new world that they can dominate, which would be kind of mm. and uh, that 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 makes sense. Um, And then, yeah, you're going to have everyone trying to figure out how to tackle this problem and why it's a problem for everyone we also left mariner's crew that she had assembled on mm. the planet they had just taken back over the uh the warbird um uh, i think it was a bird of, bird of prey bird of prey yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i couldn't remember that yeah 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 so they're gonna be involved somehow uh so i'm really curious how this is going to go and where it leads in the end which you know most shows will wrap up with a nice sort of everyone getting together and 
Um, I think my question will be, does it end with a mariner accepting some kind of a position, mm. like a higher rank? So my 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 broad prediction as a planet, my specific prediction is that she'll be given <sighs> her own crew. Mariner gets her own command? Yeah. <gasps> That's a big one. Yeah. That would be show rocking. That would be really interesting. I love that. Well, my big prediction is that Lacano's plan is to destabilize the quadrant. Like it is to set all of these people at war with each other so he can be an arms dealer or come out on top or just kind of show that Starfleet isn't the way forward after being rejected by Starfleet. So I'm a little bit nebulous, but that's my overall plan for Lacano. Oddly specific, everyone gets demoted back to Ensign. <laughs> Oh my gosh, what, <laughs> what a pendulum we're on. Right? We're either both massively wrong or somewhere in the middle. <laughs> Why is it either that we're wrong or it's in the middle? How about we're right? No, because if they, we're not going to be right, but they'll either stay one the same. One of us could be right. Or one of, one of us could be right. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> it's possible. I would and it's going to be me. Right. It's me. Captain Mariner. I'm the one that's right. Captain that. Mariner. Yeah. Is she ready? Does it mean her mom dies? Oh! <gasps> And I just killed off Mariner's mom. <laughs> you heard and then she takes over the ship. Yeah, like normal command, it wouldn't go to his her second in command. Of course not. It would go no. to her daughter. Like some you sort can't of... trust Ransom in charge. <laughs> no, no, no. Just get nepotism wins all the way. That's Mariner right. immediately mm -hmm. gets to gets the ship. Exactly. Well, before the ambassador um, kills off any more characters, uh, let's head over to the holodeck to watch the episode, and we'll see you all in ten forward two to walk out. <gasps> Yay! Energize. Oh, fuck! Welcome to Ten Forward, the part of the show where we grab a drink from the replicator and share our immediate thoughts and feelings on the episode we just watched together. Most important question... Third. Most important third. question third. <laughs> what is your beverage of choice? Mm. This week it has to be a beverage. I'm putting my foot down. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, is it like a beverage from the show or is it... You know what? Just something to get drunk. Just oh. Because any let's let's just mm -hmm. get drunk because okay. that... in In the vein of in in the in the love of the end of this episode yeah whatever is gonna get freeman and mariner fucked drunk. up let's go let's go <laughs> drunk. yeah i'll join you in that as a serenade and a toast to the season finale of lower deck season four no more <laughs> so no more lower decks until like the end of next year maybe we're definitely getting a season five but until then uh give us a synopsis yo shh prepared for that yeah every week uh in this episode everything comes together makes sense there's battles there's uh, captaining there's n there's mutinies there there is music and true to what we thought was going to be happening everything has a happy ending and the entire crew stays completely together in the end no one dies and no one leaves the ship for another adventure great <laughs> that's that sums it up AKA I'm in denial. <laughs> yeah. I never know if you're actually done with the synopsis. <laughs> Why? Can't you tell with my <laughs> awkward pauses that I take as I try to think of my next thought? <laughs> because sometimes they can be like 10 second pauses and I don't want to, if there's more to come, I don't want to cut you off. I want hey, you to say your piece. Just a reminder, podcast listener, you are thankful that you're not watching the live show for those 10 second long pauses where I'm just sitting here and like, I oh, cut them out. Yeah, yeah. The synopsis yeah. takes literally 17 minutes and I, I cut it all down. 
So it turns out that Nick Lacano's plan has been to create his own version of Starfleet, which is a free world, free of the limitations of being told what to do, because he can tell you what to do, and that's what counts. Mariner has to prevent him from using the Genesis device, while uh, Freeman and the crew have to find a way to smash through a shield. And then the finale happens. Overall <laughs> thoughts and feelings, Danae. I loved it. Yes, me too. You did? Okay. So much fun. This Man, is a one, great adventure. One thing I didn't expect to love about it that I ended up really like cluing into is the music in this episode. I don't know if I have not been paying attention mm-hmm. to the music in previous episodes, but I feel like this episode really brought the music. It did. You're not imagining it. The scores yeah. can be quite subtle, but this has some incredible soundtracks that are variations on themes that we've had previously. And some themes that are just lifted from the Wrath of Khan whole cloth entirely, which is so... There is a scene in particular where I got chills because the way they looped in the Wrath of Khan music was so fucking good. So good. I was into it. I wrote down music, music, music so many times. And I think it was... Like, we had really interesting space battles going on. You know, what What Star Trek fan doesn't want to see all of the ships battling each other somehow? And of course. because of the uniqueness of this season, kidnapping or taking away all of these different kinds of ships that have mm-hmm. sort of been collected in this secret spot. And now we get oh, to have the secret spot revealed. Mm-hmm. You know, we get to see all these unique ships together, which for me, I'm like, oh, cool. Different shaped ships. That's interesting for you. I'm sure you're like freaking out. Were you freaking out? Oh, I loved it. Like, there's lots of reasons I was freaking out. The the, the ship that Mariner has, the Steam Runner class, I have thoughts about that. The sideways warbird that we get to see in action again. Um, the Orion ship was fun. The glory shops shots of the Cerritos actually being a tugboat was genius. Oh my god! I really. Lo- How did we not see that coming? Oh, it was How genius. How did we not see that coming? How we've did I not see most of this episode coming? On this show, we've talked about why the name of the burrito is in the placement that it's in, and it was because mm-hmm. it was like a towing thing, I thought. And so here, it's actually towing something. Yeah, it's like a little engine that could. It's or, perfect. No, it's what it's built to do. You don't have to manufacture anything. The little tea kettle toaster that no, could. No, 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 it's not the tea kettle that could. No, no, toaster. Is it some? It's some child. It's like this childhood tugboat story. It was about this little tugboat that was, you know, tugging the big ship. Little engine that could. No, no, no. That's about a train. Okay. Anyway, we got anyway. to see the Cerrito Burrito tug a big ship, and that was fucking awesome. Yeah. I, like I said, you don't have to manufacture anything. This is what the ship was built to do. It was so, so fun. I mean, I could nitpick that you are lifting the great James Horner score and not making, like, you're you're using someone else's work and trading off of that, but it's Star Trek, and it fits for the themes that are going on because Wrath of Khan is when the Genesis device was first used. So oh. it's more of an homage because you're reimagining that. Like, oh, it's, yeah, no, I, I really love yeah. this ap- episode. Great balance, not too complicated. I think it's a really, really good send-off for, yeah. for season four, without a doubt. 
they did a lot of really good things, I feel. We got a good space battle. We got to have a hand-to-hand combat scene. Mm. We got to see Mariner being Mariner, but Mariner for the Starfleet, which was the big question for me is what yeah. are they going to do with this character? What kind of a personality is she going to take on in this final episode? You know, where is she going to land? And uh, her chaos and her drive to survive and her willingness to do incredibly dangerous things for her own reasons, it's aligned with Starfleet. It's aligned with what's better. And so we got to, her, to see her do some really crazy shit. Uh, that kept me on the edge of my seat in a way because I didn't know exactly. I didn't think they were going to kill off, you know, Mariner by any sense of the imagination. But it was still like, ooh, what's going to happen because they can kind of do whatever they want. But yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. I had had a good time. But for me, the the big win on this one was the watching all of the ships Mm. doing fun ship stuff and nebuluses and 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 ice and you got the music and everything. It just just was all hitting for me. There's a lot of classic adventure trek stuff that happens like hiding in the nebula finding a planet doing shenanigans with venting plasma in a nebula um there's just some classic trek stuff that's going on and uh ignoring your commands from starfleet and saying that telling the crew well you can join me but i'm not going to force you to and just that camaraderie of one ship versus the universe um sinful as heck but i love it that's 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 a kind of star trek i love should we talk about our predictions before we get into the the, the, the specifics? Because I feel pretty good about mine. Um. Okay. Interesting. Because I, I said Boimler was going to be captain. <clears throat> okay. Let's backpedal because Danae actually was quite impressive, but Thank accidentally you. so. So her what? big yeah her big prediction was that it's kind of crazy that. Nick's, Nick Lacano's overall goal was to make a new planet for himself and his people so that he could rule over them. Now, he does make a planet, but that was good. not his plan. It's kind of insane. Yeah, so he did want to rule over the people in the end, but more like a fleet rather than like a planet. Yeah, he so wasn't he... aiming to use the Genesis device for that reason. Yeah, I can't get that one. And I can't get close. my oddly specific. I I can't get my oddly specific you one can't. either because I said that Mariner was going to become captain, and she didn't. Actually, Boimler was in the captain's chair, which was delightful. Oh, it was great. I'm glad they didn't mess around with that too much. They let him have his moment. It was great. But yeah, your specific one was Mariner gets her own command by the end of the episode, um, and that did not happen. Although her and Boimler did have their own commands during the episode, so some really interesting adjacent predictions going on. Um, my big one was that Lucano was <laughs> basically wanting to destabilize Starfleet and um, show the universe that there's a better way to go about things. I think you get it. I kind of get that. That's. I think you get this point because... The gist of it he, is what I thought. He was alienated and wanted to make his own Starfleet because he which, got kicked out. Which he did, which he was attempting to do. He made the big like, hey, come over here and hang out on my side of the, the world kind of broadcast. Yeah. So yeah, I think you get that point. It's a typical, sure. you kicked me out. Well, fine. I'm going to make my own club. I didn't want to be in your club anyway. Um, it looked pretty cool. Very childish. Uh, my very specific one was everybody would be demoted back to Ensign, which would have been a sewing, but it did not happen. And I'm no, glad it didn't. Although everybody almost got in major trouble for joining oh, that was never gonna our happen. captain. Never. 
No. <laughs> Never happens. Wouldn't it have been funny if everybody was reduced to Ensign? Like, oh my god, even <laughs> and Captain that's how Freeman. The next season, yeah, the next season starts with the entire crew having been reduced to a lower deck somewhere. <laughs> well, back to square one for all of us then. Mm-hmm. Um, well, let's kick off the episode. We started with a flashback to Mariner back at Starfleet Academy with her friend Sito, young Nick Lacano, Wesley, and the poor chap that dies so how did you feel about that opening and were you a bit lost based on our explanation last week did it fit into place how did it work for you honestly if we hadn't had the conversation last week i think it would have been a Uh confusing piece for me so so i was glad that we had had the discussion um i i feel like the show continues to do a good job of trying to think about the new viewer and they gave just as much information as they needed to give uh, mm-hmm. through Handsome, who was um, like, I think he had a couple of lines about who this Bit person of is. Lines, just, yeah. But just a couple things. And then, you know, we get to see some of the dynamic of the flashback. But that flashback didn't, it didn't really tell the fullness of our conversation. So I don't no. think that I would have understood the gravity of that moment, even what went on for her friend or the person that she was looking after. I forget their, their name. Sito. Yeah. Like the whole Sito thing, the gravity of that was revealed last episode mm. with like her motivation for, or was it last episode? Yeah. yeah last episode. Was. Yeah. Their motivation. What's interesting for me is that I'm split in two minds about it. For the story and the episode, I don't think it's necessary. I think it's a bit fluffy and it's kind of there to just show, hey, Mariner was here, but you didn't realize that. And isn't that cool? But it doesn't really inform much about the story that we don't get through exposition. 75% of me, though, is like, fuck yeah, that was amazing. I loved it so much because that takes place before the episode called First Duty that where we see everything happens, the trial happens, the cover up. Lacano getting kicked out of um, Starfleet Academy and everything. This is like days or something before that or weeks before that. So for me, it's really interesting to see the build up to what instigated them doing this banned starburst maneuver. Mm. And then Mariner coming in and just being like, she that's where she was during TNG. It kind of so tweaks little. something in my brain. She's like, teeny tiny. She's out there. So I know that during it places her in the Star Trek world library yeah. really well for me. So for me, I I absolutely loved it. But as a seeing the episode as a whole, I don't think it was really, really, really. Yeah. Um the official timeline 13 years ago means this season takes place in 2381 said somebody in the chat so yeah which means not as much that's when i thought season one started or 2379 something like that which means that four years haven't passed right four years have passed for us but we're seeing like in more the, condensed in the yeah. lower decks universe it hasn't been that it's much only time. been a couple of years yeah, yeah. Which is really, really interesting because that doesn't follow the trend of TNG, Voyager, Deep Space Nine, etc. who are like one year, one season. So yeah, interesting, interesting. Um, Yeah, so moving out of there, um, well, there was one more interesting thing that she brought back the actor that played Sito, lended her voice to animated Sito, which it's just, it's so cool that we get to use these same actors. You could get away with it not being the same actors, but it's almost like a nice courtesy that yeah. you're a part of Star Trek history. Do you want to come back and give us a few lines? It's really cool. Yeah, really, absolutely. really, really cool. Yeah, and so, and I, I love, I love the little the world of Star Trek. You'll see the same actor picking up different characters and coming back in for, you know, different different 
people like we saw with the um, person who plays Hammer. So, mm. yeah, it's really it's kind of really fun. They get to fold in on themselves. They do. And you don't have to do much more than just get in a microphone to do something like that, which is nice. Yeah. It's not like she had to get back into the um, wool uniform. Oh, my goodness. But I would. Is I would get wool? into uniform. I, cotton. It's got to be cotton, hasn't it? Or polyester. So. Something like that. Yeah, so. um, anything else that stood out for you, Ambassador? What were some of your big moments? Or did you have any questions? Uh, about the first part of the episode? No, no, just in general. No. Oh, okay. Okay. No, I think I think this sets it up really nicely. You know, it forces the Cerrito to take a, a standpoint of going against Starfleet in mm. order to accomplish the goal of saving Mariner, which I thought was smart. They were given kind of the explanation that because there's so many different um, groups involved, different people involved, that they don't want Starfleet to just be attacking anybody that's left over inside these spaces. But they didn't really do a good job of explaining what happened to the rest of the crews. I guess we were to assume that they were <laughs> they all went sent into to hiding. the planet. No, they went into hiding. So they said that they went into hiding. That was it. No, no, no. I mean, like at the beginning of the episode, oh. we see that each ship is piloted by the people who get, were in mutiny. So essentially, uh, Nick has, has told every single one of these people of the ship, like, hey, you can have your ship and yeah. do things your way. Mm-hmm. And I think the idea is that the entire crew was beamed down to the yes. planet to survive. Okay, okay. Yeah, that's what I think. And then they were retrieved. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. So, yeah, that makes sense. So, to me. so the Starfleet doesn't want anyone to go and engage with that because they don't want to start a war like where we're shooting down a ship that in- includes a couple people that yeah they're the Ferengi are pissed at but they don't mm-hmm. want to lose those people or their or their ship so stand down until all of the political stuff happens and of course mama bear's like fuck that that's not happening yeah. and it really kicks into gear when mariner takes things into her own hand and this is maybe my favorite part <laughs> of the episode i was really happy and like relieved when this happened i was ready to write a sin which was oh we've got the cliche of mariner is going to leave some kind of secret code in the transmission saying that yes i'm on nick's side but wink wink nudge nudge here's your secret code and then freeman is like mariner sent us a secret code which means this is her plan but instead she just kicks the doors down and says i love it so much it's so so her just steal the genesis device name it gd and then run away it's so good because I was with you, he Nick kidnaps her and essentially begins to tell her that she's the defected Starfleet officer, Just which assumes, she isn't. Yeah. And Mariner kind of seems like she might be going along with it, obviously for survival. And then she's put on screen to everyone. I kept thinking, oh, this is when they're going to go down the storyline of, you know, Mariner has defected and she's rebelling and she's blowing up her own career. And then it's going to be saved by the end of the episode. But no, they didn't even like not even for a split second go that direction. It was (laughs) she's like, (laughs) and it was so needed. It was the humor that the show does so well. And it really showed me, like I said at the beginning, kind of the character of Mariner. And I really loved, I loved it. Watching her grab this thing and just like run out was delightful. It was so great. So, but she gets into the ship and my question is, okay. she gets in there and she gives it some kind of a thing and says, welcome Captain Carol Freeman. Who the fuck is that? Captain Carol Freeman? Yeah. That's Captain of the Cerritos. Oh, it's her That's mom. That's her mom. Yeah. So oh, she has her mom's okay. command code. That just tells you how much I don't remember about these <laughs> That was amazing. That I just was call beautiful. her Captain Mom in my head. <laughs> yeah, Captain Mom. <Mama laughs> okay, there. so she knows her own mom's passcode. Oh, that is 100% Mariner. I buy that. But, but 
so does that mean that the ship is okay okay so the sh- what what ship was she on then was it one of her mom's old ships no I'm- so because like so captains will have their own captains will have i love that the chairs give you so much shit for not knowing the one of the main characters names do it's amazing do you not remember it's who so it good. is do you, doing have the you show? met Danae? hello have you met me i it's call amazing. her captain mom all the time i just so, call her captain captain basically in like an emergency a captain can take control of another ship with their command code so this is like you can get on board and it gives you access because you're a captain in starfleet if there's like a a lieutenant that's in charge of a ship because of a disaster the captain can swoop in and take command and the computer will recognize their control access so you can as a captain pop onto another ship yeah punch in your codes and take over essentially yes if the captain has gone rogue or there's something like that you can pull rank but yeah it's it's a thing kirk does it in the wrath of khan interestingly (laughs) but that's a prefix code it's a bit different that kind of bums me out yeah maybe you're thinking oh danae you should be ashamed of yourself for not remembering that it's her mother (laughs) and that would bum me out but no i was thinking it'd be some funny character that she like idolized as a person and she memorized their code interesting no no no. just her mom's code and apparently that works um (laughs) while we're on the ship i am so happy they used this stupid fucking ship (laughs) with a joystick the steam runner class yeah i mean the joystick <laughs> joystick that pops out just ridiculous i mean that's an insurrection um nod because um Riker has the manual steering column nonsense i love it so good but the steam runner class has kind of been the butt of the star trek community as just being a dumb ship like right. it just looks stupid because it's just this like flat thing and i've always enjoyed not enjoyed i've always like kind of shit on it a bit because the nacelles like we they, there was an episode where they're boimler and boimler and rutherford have a room and it's right next to the nacelles that are shining into their their room these nacelles are buried in the ship and i just imagine them pumping out radiation into the ship like i imagine they should be on arms for a reason and it's just it's a dumb looking ship but <laughs> i kind of like it because it looks a bit derpy and it's a little bit of a stupid ship <laughs> but i love that they used it instead well, of like you could have had an excelsior class in there you could have had like any number of classes but you picked the steam runner well i don't know so anything funny. about the the types of ships but i always find it interesting to see the different shapes that they come up mm-hmm. with not only for the starfleet which seems to follow like a similar pattern obviously for recognition in mm. war you want to have similar patterns but the different kinds of ships that we get to see from the others as well but it's always like lacking that joystick so i yeah. don't care what the ship looked like i love that first of all it looked like it was old school with like the wood paneling that's mentioned in this episode yes uh-huh <laughs> Uh, the carpeting and wood paneling and stuff it, it looked like it had that old vibe and then the joystick pops out and i was like hee this is fun i mean that's <laughs> definitely an insurrection nod and yes i have always thought that insurrection joystick was just dumb we send it <laughs> we send the heck we out send of it. it i don't know i think it makes sense it's the evolution of what we already do you gotta have a backup plan it's true but regardless the stuff that mariner does with the ship is so it's cool. really fun yeah it's if we a just great sequence. if we don't go in sequence of the show and we just kind of skip around in the show and talk about what mariner does with the ship it was a lot of fun she goes into a cloud she flies through some like uh, ice debris stuff and yeah. she's like a little standoff seek 
seek and find sort of game. Um, there's different kinds of ships that are tailing her. So we get to see 1D cloak and we get to see different kinds of activity with different sorts of ships. And that was when the music was so intense. I was really, really having a good time. But one of my favorite shots is when she goes to hit that uh, wall, this trinar or whatever, the... the Oh, the tri trinar Force shield. field thing. Yeah. The, yeah. That was really fun because she like basically scrapes up against it and it looks oh a bit goodness, Tron. Yes. It looks a bit this, and you got the you got the shields all like lit up and and then and then oh my god! I know this has nothing to do with her ship, but talking about other cool shit we got to see, we got to see a massive Orion like warship yes. like slam into this thing and blow up. And I love that that's their plan. They go to all of this effort to get an Orion <laughs> ship. It doesn't work. What are we gonna do? It's like um, Infinity War. You threw a moon at me. <laughs> so yeah. We're just gonna throw a ship at the shield. It did. It it's felt so like great. it did. It felt like you know, like um, using the the tractor beam to like whip around something. Yeah. But, um, it, uh, that was. It could have been. I don't know. It could have been a little bit lame. And as I was watching it, I kept thinking like, why is this so fucking badass? And it was the music. The music it just helps so hits much. so well and at every that point. Is mm. the part that's pulled from Wrath of Khan? Oh, um, was it? That sequence is directly out of the. That's pulled out of Wrath of Khan. It's so so good. It gives me chills. And you just get a nice glory shot of the Cerritos being a hero and doing what it does best. But I, what I really like oh. layered onto that. It's the captain's yacht coming in as I well. I got chills. The zoom I'm in. Like, oh, it's I'm so watching good. a fucking cartoon about yes. Star Trek. It's and I'm so getting chills. Clever. Because I thought, well, the captain can't be inside this big Orion ship. Because, mm -hmm. you know, Boimler is acting captain, which is a whole other level of badass. So it like really elevated the scene that he's in the fucking captain's chair. Yes. At first I'm thinking, that feels Why? great. Why is he in the captain's chair? Where's her crew? And then I, they're shot of this, you know, massive Orion ship, and it's not working. And I'm thinking, well, why would they need to be inside there? And then it starts to blow up. Well, certainly they're not inside there. They're mm -hmm. going to be beaming somebody out of there, and then out of like the sort of explosion and all this chaos that's happening yes. from this impact comes the yacht. Yes, the captain's yacht. And it's like it's like the the first crew, the head, the, the the big honchos are all in there, and I'm just like, let's go! I literally was almost like, fuck yeah! <laughs> it's a beautifully <laughs> oh, directed man. and orchestrated bit really of animation. Fun. It was so so well done, and you don't have to bend belief. I feel like every ship is doing what it's supposed to do <laughs> yeah. in that situation. Mm -hmm. it's they just so kind of like they just clever. launch in there, kind of hidden behind there, and just yeah. waiting. And then they punch it. <sighs> they go through. They they get through, and then you know, so Mariner is eventually beamed out and rescued by the mother. And then the the ship is blown to pieces um, with the paywall bomb on it. And I just thought all of that worked. I thought Mariner's position in all of it as this lone character that can do so much. Mm -hmm. They've shown us this the entire season that this character is designed for taking on all of the pressure yeah. of a solo mission like this and kicking ass. If I was, I guess I'm going to write down a sin uh, because she was like, she just got hugs. Where were her fucking props? 
She should, I thought she was going to get promoted again. I, did I thought she was going to be full lieutenant, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love the argument that she has with Nick and like just calling him out on the carpet. Just be like, no, you're a dick. Your ego killed that kid at Starfleet. You're doing the yep. same shit now. This is all about you she was and you shot. taking the lead. She was fucking almost shot. Yeah, she was going to take that. And But at um, the same time, she would have survived because that's just how everything happens. Of course, but, of course. But still. So all of that sequence with the ship and like Mariner's sort of position was was really, really delightful to, to kind of watch. The whole like B-plot of the crew needing to get resources to go and attack this big wall. I, I, I mean, it's fine. It's obviously setting up for the departure of um, our beloved character. <laughs> <laughs> Tendi. Yeah. Why? You have got the, well, let's let's pause on that. You have got the contrivance of we can't fire first, and yeah. which forces the crew to find another way which allows the episode to happen so that Mariner can have time with Locarno and we can have a B-plot of trying to get the resources they need to win and yeah. set up Tendi's kind of sort of exit. So, yeah, a yeah. little bit, little bit they contrived. Do, they do go to this, you know, space to, like, they go to the Orions and then we get to see Tendi's sister again. There was there was quite a bit of, like, callbacks in this one. We have yeah. the Mark Twain callback. The Mark we Twain have... call, which wasn't needed at all, but I kind of <laughs> love it. So oh, I do declare we've reached an accord. Computer art. We the fact that they didn't say computer art is <laughs> oh, the, it's a crime. It's a crime. Absolute it was crime. the only good part of the Mark Twain bit the first time I saw it. Computer art. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes it's like you know they think it's funny, and so you're like, <laughs> you know, but <laughs> yeah, it, it can't all hit. But they um they go to fight, and how did you feel? Like how did you feel about the whole Orion bit? The it's fighting, good. the thing. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I did too. It was a good skip for me. It's yeah. the contrivance thing for me. It just, it felt so out of place and disconnected from the rest of the episode, which can be fine. It's okay. But for me, it just, it, okay, we did it. Fine. We did it. It wasn't, it didn't really sing for me. It didn't really do much for me. Definitely the weakest part of the episode. We just keep yeah. making, taking the piss out of Miglimo. Like, I don't know. I don't get what we're doing with him, to be honest. I was confused. Um, I mean, the the fluffing out, like, and this maybe is going into the sins part, but what didn't work for me about it was that everything kind of had like a different. It went it went a different way. She didn't get the ship because she offers uh, Tendi offers herself. Um, the the fight looks like Miglimo is gonna win, but then somehow he doesn't, even though his opponent passed out, and he's still clearly. Yeah. Like it just because he couldn't get hit her off of him. He got squashed. So it's a draw, if anything. It should have been a draw. Yeah, yeah. That, that was confusing. So I I don't I don't mind the idea that Tendi knew her crew well enough to send in the right battle person. Mm -hmm. But I also have a hard time believing that Dr. Megley Moo would have been standing in the line in an option. But at the, at the same time they get to kind of create yeah. whatever Of course. Yeah. Uh, whatever their systems are of being able to <laughs> battle each other they get to do they get to make up whatever they want but it's also a classic tell him before he goes into the fight you don't need right? to tell him in the moment no great for us it's a yeah. dramatic episode but why didn't you give him a heads up yeah poor buddy? You, you should have been like just fluff up just like hey yeah. here you go fluff up she's allergic to your feathers fluff up that's yeah. the sentence that should have happened if we weren't in a cartoon yeah that should have happened amazing. yeah 
Yeah, so a little, little bit skippable. Um, I, I think so too. I mean, obviously we're going to get the warship and we do get the warship and that goes wrong because it's not actually a fully optimized warship. And mm-hmm. then, of course, our crew shows their ingenuity by making it into a battering ram. You know what I would have liked more uh, is that you could have done the Orion, okay, trade me for the ship, let's do that. And instead of having that trial by barter combat thing have more time doing the engineering on the orion ship oh, like that's a nerd. classic ticket <laughs> i want to see more I, engineering I see more subroutines <laughs> getting rerouted show me the gel packs show me I the, like, that the ticking... tension between these characters who think they're always right about engineering shit oh fuck the tension i want the countdown timer of these are the systems that we have to get operational like here's what we need to prioritize to get this boat going like i would have loved to see more know. of the getting to the plan that they landed on rather than the trial bike we didn't need more combat in this episode i think that that would have been boring as fuck you would (laughs) well now i know what episodes to not show you i don't know can you imagine dedicating like two or three minutes of an episode to them having a whole bunch of tech talk that fails and then arriving at the conclusion that they're going to use a battering ram but then also asking the audience to not know that it's a battering ram until the big reveal at the end it would have been such a tension allow me to introduce you to most of tng (laughs) (laughs) you just described half of tng and voyager (laughs) in one sentence (laughs) legit oh no listen you're gonna have a rough time at some point Oh, no. Uh, we'll avoid the Geordie episodes then, because that's all they are. <laughs> <sighs> okay. That's okay. amazing. You okay. may be on the a- wrong ship. Apparently, I have to, a lot to learn about Star Trek still. A um, couple of other little moments. I'd, the only time I really got super eye-rolly was when like Nick said about the Trinar shield. And I was like, what's a Trinar shield other than a plot device? Like, that's all it is, is this indestructible shield that they can't get through, but they can if you throw something big enough at it. But like only I'm not for a, a moment. It just yeah, pops a little hole that, that heals itself. I'm not a fan of brute force beating energy fields like that. Worth it, because it's an awesome moment. But it does, it's like, here's this impossible thing that cannot be penetrated until you find a way to penetrate it. <laughs> yep, and I'm going to get to the, one of that in The Sins as well. Yeah, that's fair. Um... Mm, I just really loved Billups. I like how everybody got a moment in this episode. I love how Billups got really <laughs> defensive of the Cerritos. Like, he started rolling so up his sleeves. It's like, she's not laughing stock of the California. She is the pride of the California class. And Shanks is the one, or Shanks or Ransom is the one that has to hold him back. Yeah. Oh, it's or so when, good. like, the really big buff guy that's head of security was, like, Shanks. foaming at the mouth yeah, to try to go to combat. That was really <laughs> fun, it. too. Let I him thought- fight. I thought Dr. Cat Meow was going to go in there. That's what I thought. <laughs> like, just, just destroy yes. this person. That's kind of what I thought. I love that so uh, much. Another moment to mention popped up in the chat is Talyn being Cerrito strong in the end. Oh. Let's talk about the end of this episode. We really haven't yeah. gone into that just no, yet. That's fair. So that's fair. The end of this episode uh, has everybody, you know, obviously reunited and they're all having a good time. And Talyn, you know, shows her love of the group. And Tendi's like, don't say it unless you unless you mean it, and then is immediately taken away. <laughs> like, Bye. oh, I'm finally getting the friend I always wanted. Bye, you know. Um, I love that she's part of the, she feels really part of the Lower Decks crew now. It feels yeah. like Talyn is in there, and 
um, they've just released a series of Funko Pops based on the Lower Decks crew. And Mike McMahon said, if these sell really, really well, the next one he personally wants is Tallinn. So oh. I think he really sees Tallinn as a Lower Decker as well. Like, she has really connected to um, to the crew. I love it so much. It is really nice. And it's nice that it wasn't forced in every episode. Um, even the tension mm. between Rutherford and his like rival engineer guy that coming back up in this episode was really nice because we haven't seen that since they had their little tiff in the previous episode about like yeah. trying to kind of another callback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, really but then good. even as they were like walking past each other in ten four, like Rutherford, you know, <laughs> so good. Um, that was really nice. Do we think that Tendy is gone? Gone? Do we think she's coming back? Because that was. Her last thing of you've got this with the score was very ominous. Like it almost felt like we weren't dealing with our attendee. Or was that just her shifting into I'm now not Starfleet. I'm in Orion mode to get through this. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. I think that there's some predictions that the chat's been talking about, about her coming back in by season, the next season's episode three. So Mm. I think like if I'm going by some of what the chat has been saying during our live show that the some of the consensus is that they wouldn't uh, bring her out. But this character is really interesting, right? She's not really been part of the medical team. She's been part of this like engineering. Like her love seems to be with Rutherford in the sciences and but in the engineering like they've they geek out about all kinds of engineering stuff. Then they also put a a stop to their romance. So Mm. This could be the end of a character that maybe makes an appearance, but she has essentially been written out of Starfleet at this point in time. Like she made a promise to go do her duties as this person. Now she either does such a great job that she gets kicked out by, you know, the the queen or whatever because her sister because her sister doesn't want her around any longer. Like maybe she goes in and she does too good. Uh so they can write her back in whenever they oh, want of course to they can. Yeah. and reintroduce maybe uh, a Rutherford interest because obviously he was devastated. And of course, uh, why wouldn't he be? But there is something to be said about having too many characters to balance in the a show that has a shorter runtime and already has a big cast. We we see a lot of characters every episode when you're talking mm. about the A team and the B team kind of a thing. So I, I think that they needed to write somebody out and with Talyn sort of taking a stronger approach of being the voice of reason in their group, I think yeah. it was a needed adjustment for just the storytelling aspect of what it would take to have a group of people that are adventuring together. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I don't think she's gone forever, but I wouldn't be surprised if she's not a permanent, if she's kept from being a permanent character. It just seems like it could work. I, I think it would be insane to not, bring her back i'm 97.9 percent sure that she's coming back it might be as a pirate for a little bit but i think she'll be back in starfleet like she's worked really really hard she loves to it and it was her goal be with starfleet and to um get promoted and to be there and i just think the chemistry between our lower deckers is so so good so i for mm. one hope she's coming back i'm sure I'm pretty sure she is. Do you feel like she'll go away, learn some things about herself, come back, have a different type of a character aspects and maybe replace a character that dies? Like who are they going to kill off? If they had mm. who, if you had to kill one character next season to get Tendy back, who would it be? <laughs> Bloody hell. I'm not a fan of killing people off for the sake of emotional punches. 
unless it makes sense for their story. Are we talking about who do I not want to see anymore? Because at the minute no. I kill off Miglimoo. Yeah. <laughs> What's the but point? But Miglimoo feels like he's not part of the Lower Decks characters. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, Rutherford, maybe. And that hurts me to say, but I think unless we give him something new to do, his story's kind of done. And now he's just there. I, I would switch Tendi for either. Rutherford. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think I think that Rutherford could go. I think he could. I hope they don't because I don't think we need that. Yeah, I don't think that's what this series needs. But he he would be the sacrificial. I agree engineer. though. Miglimo, I don't need to see anymore. Like no, it's but, so disappointing. But as far as like our people, yeah, it was a it was a horrible question. I'm glad I asked it. Should we of move on? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Um, as um, far as everything else, I don't think I have anything we didn't really cover. I think this was a really great season. I think this is a really great season ending. We even had uh, yeah. Mariner sort of reflecting on and apologizing to her friends about her behavior. So they once again bring some depth to that decision. So I mm -hmm. I, I liked it. Yeah, I think it was great. It wasn't too cliffhangery either. It felt resolved. Like it wasn't shock someone's been arrested. It was here's the end of that season here's your consequences now there was another awesome uh wrath of khan homage and so this is when the genesis device blows up yeah um and it creates the nebula and you see the rings slowly expanding and forming and then you get the zoom out zoom out zoom out of the yeah, ship yeah, yeah. zooming away yeah. that is a shot for shot remake of the end of the wrath of khan oh. when the genesis device goes off it's one of the coolest shots in the history of Star Trek because the Enterprise is at warp, but we're actually seeing it from the outside. Yeah, like So you're out. seeing the warp trail behind it, the Enterprise zooming away, and this cloud expanding and following it. And it's just this, the warp engine noise of zoom, zoom. And it, because... It, it will go past us and then we'll zoom out in front of it again. You'll get another zoom. Then you zoom out in front of it again. You get another zoom. It's such a great reenaction of that shot. It's, yeah, I tingled when I saw that. I was like, you, it's, it's so good. So yeah, good. that was really cool. And I also, the idea that they named this planet after this monster, what a weird decision. And Meccano, it's so, he's still a bad person. <laughs> Technically, his atoms are in there, so we're just going to name it Lacano. But you know what they could have done? Anything else. But maybe yeah. that's getting too much into the dings. Perhaps. Well, having said that, love that episode. Great way to end the season. Lower Decks continues to impress. Let's head over to Engineering for some sins. Battle stations, everyone. Warning. Warp core collapse in 10 seconds. This is the part of the show where we re-engage our sin brains, remind ourselves that no TV shows without sin, even our beloved Star Trek Lower Decks, as good as it is. I actually have quite a list oh, this shit. week. Shall I go oh, first? God, no. I think I want to start with the fact that they didn't name the planet after the guy that he killed. I think... <gasps> I Josh. think that they should have they oh should have named goodness. it. Yeah, that would have been great. It was a thought that I had during it. It was a thought that was brought up in live chat, and then somebody else in the chat said something like, "This is the first time we've actually seen this character before. That it was yeah, just part of the correct. backstory talked about, but this is the first time we've seen them." Mm -hmm. And I don't know. He's I already just, dead at the start of the episode. I just feel like it's a weird thing to name a planet after a, a person who has yeah. literally tried to usurp every single. I don't 
I don't even know how to describe this character because he's new to me, but it seems like he was a pretty much of an asshole. So he I didn't don't have know. any kind of redeeming moment at the end. He didn't sacrifice himself. He didn't do anything. He just was a dick. Yeah. Like, name the planet, I was a dick. That would have been yeah. better. <laughs> this guy sucks is what the planet should have been called. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Um, okay, I've got a I've got a sin that I would go back and add into episode one or two. Oh my god. Yeah. So You're not allowed the... to do that. Good. I'm doing it anyway. Okay, okay. You can court martial me. The the crew, you do not have to follow me as I disobey the ambassador's orders. But there will be a, a court martial at the end of it if you do. In the previously on, it shows the Klingon ship getting destroyed. And it is, or getting hit by Lacano's oh, transporter zappy, beam yeah, zappy yeah, yeah, laser yeah, yeah. thing. It is even sneakier than I originally thought it was. Because this thing, because it's so early on in the series, it zaps and attacks the Klingon ship. And you see it go through the Klingon ship and out the other side. Like looks like it's penetrating it punching a hole in it and then exploding and the rest of them it's way more ambiguous the closer we yeah. get to the reveal the flashing light is more ambiguous that one was really naughty i yeah. kind of love it but it, we would it was it. naughty because okay. like you are deliberately being misleading here and there's no reason for it fun. he doesn't it's need fun. to be misleading no, he's doing what it's he's great. doing no on the off chance that there was a camera just attached yeah. to a nearby station, which, right, which is the only reason be. we have this footage in the first place, right? Yeah. Right. Um, I want to send that this episode had none of the people from the previous episode on the planet that's that stole back their ship. They mm. literally rallied for Mariner and then did Bye. not show up at all this episode. There was no. no Klingon. There was no unified like ship showing up, being like, "We're we're here to get back our stuff." Like they 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 rally. For her and i guess that this ship also didn't have our crew as well so we're starting off this episode with the assumption that at some point between last episode and this episode this warbird appears with boimler and, and pals and is like yeah. hey we're back and then they're like you know what we're gonna fuck off good luck it would have been great to use them wouldn't it i think it'd have been really fun to use would have been them. really fun yeah but yeah it seems very very peculiar i agree with that i agree yeah um space koala also doesn't make a return which would have been oh well would it have been too much koala never you you shut your mouth there is never too much koala um uh, this was I, it would have been tricky to sin but i would have gone about it somehow it's the villain's plan and how nick basically has to bank on the idea that starfleet and the collected species that he's pissed off the ferengi who are now allied with the uh, with starfleet and the federation the romulans the klingons the cardassians he's banking that all of them won't go in guns blazing because this adventure would have been over sooner if starfleet had given the cerritos the permission to go in using phases and attack and whatnot somehow he predicted that there would be a galactic accord to do fuck all about this until we've talked about it for a little while and decided the course of action no. The Klingons, Romulans, and Cardassians are most likely just going in there because their pride has been hurt. I, I don't buy... I can kind of buy that it happened. I don't buy that Nick could predict with certainty that that would happen. And that's the crux of it. Like, his villain's plan has is banking on this, and I don't think he could have done that with confidence. 
Um, my next sin is this this wall, this barrier that cannot be penetrated and you can't get out, but then they don't actually show us how they get out mm. before the end of the episode. And sure, maybe it would have been boring. Maybe it was just going into like the main little hub station and pushing a button. Yeah, maybe. I guess but, it is. But they but they get, they really like amped up that there's no way out except for, for by like Nick. And then Nick dies. But that doesn't mean that the shell around this thing he created. Everyone's trapped in there. Yeah, He's created it must a big be, trap. They must have just turned it off from his ship. I would imagine. But his ship exploded. No, the steam runner, the saber runner exploded. Mariner's ship. I think that's what blew up. But Nick's ship was still oh, in the nebula too. Oh, his ship was right next to it. Yeah. yeah. Everything's like... And yeah. it was a really big part of space too. There was like a fucking oh, planet. There was like multiple planets. For a second, I thought it was the Q web from Encounter at Farpoint. So you know that red grid that Q makes in space that traps the Enterprise? I kind of thought that... Q was stepping in and he made the grid and he was teaming oh, up with Nick. Oh, that's interesting. That would have been, been really fun. But yeah, I just yeah, got just confused by that. It's like, wait, I thought everyone was going to be captured inside of this place because nobody could get out. Not even the people that were aligned with Nick could get out. But yeah, absolutely. Yep, it's um, it's it's huge and it's um, it's unexplained how it gets shut down. But yeah, I think they just went into the ship and turned it off. Maybe. I mean, sure. I guess now, like wah wah. For this big impenetrable sh- uh, space that can Switch be off. turned off and not by a button. So Mariner needs to stop being great at cinema scenes because it's it's kind of annoying. <laughs> no, it's not really annoying. It's annoying for me because then I have to to backpedal on a sin. But there are three binars, <laughs> and just when I explained the binars have to be in pairs. And it's really interesting when there's one of them. Yeah. We have the throwaway line from Binar from from Mariner saying, "Can you even have three Binars?" Yeah. And I get it. Like it's it's not impossible, but it's kind of a big deal. So I think it needed a bit more weight than that, or have four of them and call it a Quadnar shield or something. It's like three Binars is kind of a big deal. And if we're gonna do that, I want to do it and I want to get into it and. You want to understand it. It's a big deal. Yeah, it's it's a big thing losing your pair. That's interesting for me. Uh, are we sinning that Will Wheaton was in this? Always. Okay. Shut up, Wesley. Right. <laughs> that's that's in the theme of Star Trek. I secretly loved it though, but I'm gonna make that my pretend sin. Yeah. Shut okay. up, Wesley. Okay. I'm glad okay. he was there. Okay. I am. Um, addressing that Nick Lacano looks like Tom Paris. I mean, <laughs> I kind of like how they did that, but we've still seen it because like you're addressing mm-hmm. the elephant in the room. You're gonna get dinged for it. Mm-hmm. I don't see the resemblance mm-hmm. at all. Um, my next sin is the villain's plan, including also showing his cards. Like, not only are we here and you can't hit, hit, reach us because we have this cool wall, but we also have this, you know, Genesis machine. Maybe show them the Genesis machine. Sure, that's going to scare the shit out of everybody. But it's like it's almost like he showed the schematics of the wall on the screen. Like he did a PowerPoint presentation to all of the people who could be his yes. enemies. Like, why not just let them show up and figure it out themselves? You know, you've given them what it looks like, how big mm-hmm. it is, and we need it for exposition, but that's a terrible time to reveal it. It really is. And I guess it's because he's going on a recruitment drive, but there are, I, th- I feel, better ways to do that because you're maybe, not actually yeah. talking to the lower decks. You're talking to the bridge crew. Unless everybody on the ship is tuned into this, you're not reaching the people that you need to reach. 
Yeah. So yeah, we we I think we'd send that. Um, I've got a classic sin. Where is the Enterprise cliche? Um, because where is the Enterprise? Like this is a pretty big deal. Like this is something that the entire quadrant is debating and talking about, and the Cerritos is the only ship that rebels to do something about it. And I get it; they have an investment because of Mariner. But the Enterprise is kind of well known for disobeying orders and going off and saving the day, uh, as is Riker on the Titan. So it is kind of when you have these galactic, these missions of galactic import, it's always going to be strange when the Cerritos is the one that saves the day. Because it's like, there's got to be some other rebels in Starfleet that are willing to, to step in. Yeah. I don't really have anything else that I can think of so how many more do you have Captain? <laughs> i've got i've got a couple more not not huge ones okay well then i'll i'll just go to the chat and i'll grab a couple that i know about um i gotta give props to loader in the chat who says sin one of the admirals says that locarno didn't steal any star fleet ships so where does the uss Pizarro come from and where is its crew yeah the saber runner class yeah, I, one- it could just be a derelict ship i think somebody replied Ship they found like Starfleet are getting pretty careless with their ships by the and looks what? of it, like, leaving them lying around. Yeah. Okay. No, I thought That's this a was a really one. great point oh, though. We'd seen it. Yeah. Where did, you've explained all of the other ships, but you didn't want didn't to explain, explain the Starfleet no, ship no, that you stole. The one that Mariner has to have the access codes to be able to fly. Right. And exactly. there was a way to say it because whenever she's on it riding away he he could have had something in that line that would have instead of like why did you let her get on the ship or how did she get that going or something like yeah like i thought that was a piece of junk we found over here well how come mm-hmm. it's going like there's a way that they could have at least addressed how that why happened is that? Yeah, yeah for sure um i just <laughs> while we're on the the ship how is she piling it on her own it's too easy like <laughs> why do you need a crew she's pulling off some great maneuvers firing phases jumping to warp or attempting to all of the maneuvers who needs a crew honestly just talk to the computer and let the computer do it starfleet is way over manpowered yeah apparently i thought that there was way more people needed but you know what when you have a genesis machine as your first mate then i guess you don't really good motivation mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. i did love her just calling it gd it's like sorry gd i guess we gotta go blow you up now um i'll do a sin removal from flyboy excellent shot of mariner at the window of the captain's yacht looking back at the pissarro she never met nick never meant mm. nick any harm she just needed to stop him it's a beautiful shot it was a really beautiful shot it happened really quickly and there was a lot of emotion in that i like that mariners also she wasn't she wasn't against saving him. In fact, she was like, we've got to go back. But then Captain Freeman, just in case you didn't know who that was, um, <laughs> makes the final Dick. call like, oh, we're way too, we're way too close. We got to go. Yeah, and we got to not became, get Genesis. Yeah, that became the captain's decision to kind of like when to make that call. It didn't have to be Mariner making that call. Mariner's yeah. heart was kind of uh, there. I, I think that's a great send off. Yeah. No, I like that. It's a, it's, an, it's a really, really good shot and represents a really interesting choice that had to be made. Uh, we've kind of... Yeah, we mentioned this early, but we would send the cliche of captain, of captain of the ship disobeys Starfleet's orders, crew comes with them, and most of all, nothing bad happens at the end. They just brush it aside. Like, yeah. You can disobey orders as long as you save the day. Here's another sin removal from Casey. Uh, the USS Pissarro was named after Digital Modeler... Fabio Pissarro, who worked for Eagle Moss and passed away last year. 
His designs were used for the show as well as some of the models Eagle Moss produced. Nice. That's, that's awesome. That's kind of cool. That's great. Well, now we know why Man, it was in the what show. What a legacy. So that's I guess we really would fun. sin it and then we would immediately do a sin off. Yes, no, we no, would. No, no, no. That's not our style. Our style is to give a sin off and then to sin it. <laughs> Find a way to add it back on so we don't yeah. actually have to do the negative. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's called the Rick and Morty effect. Mm-hmm. Um, is it? So- no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Um, my very last one kind of is the cliche that it will take months. Somehow it will only take hours. This is the Orion ship. It's like, It'll take months to get the ship working. And yet they find a way to make the plan work in a matter of hours. Yep. Kind of a pass because they didn't have to get too much turned on. But it's still, yep. man, you came up with this plan quick. It was so fun to watch. You want yeah. to give a pass for an episode you like do. this. We would have a sin removal for that scene because it's so awesome so so much happens in this episode that is all about momentum movement and not explaining it which is where our sin brains really get activated i just it's been so hard to send the season so um yeah. i still mm-hmm. find it difficult to send the season uh another i want to rewatch chat- that scene right now it's so good <laughs> David in the chat says, uh, sin how much power would it take to put a shield around an entire star system and many powers where was the generator regardless of how much Lucano sucks he does deserve some props for that technology. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Like, nobody is complimenting yeah. him on how awesome and unbelievable this shield is. Yeah. yeah, it's a good way to phrase that sin. That's pretty much all that I have. I'm sure we'll have a few more sins from the live chat if you hang around for the outtakes. And um, before we sign off, a big thank you for 100,000 downloads of Captain's Pod. Can you believe it? That's incredible. Between all Ugh. of you, we have 100,000 downloads. That's thank you so really much. Cool. It's yeah. really, really cool. It's a fun ride. And um, I guess it means that we have a few people that will listen no matter what we do. So next uh, season, when we're going to be reviewing something other than Lower Decks, it's guaranteed to blow ass. And thanks for downloading. <laughs> yep. Sorry, guys. <laughs> so next season of Captain's Pod, there's not going to be a immediate break. You'll have an episode next week. Um, next season is going to have a couple of interviews that will appear. But next week, your homework we're going to be doing some TOS. We're going to watch our first, the original series. That's finally episode happening. With Captain Kirk, Spock, McCoy. Uh, your homework is The Trouble with Tribbles. Are we watching Trouble with Tribbles? We're going to do The Trouble with okay. Tribbles. Okay. The reason I've picked that episode is because it is a really fun one. I want to give TOS a fair chance. So we're not going to go in with the terrible, campy, crappy stuff. I want to give Just you a yet. solid episode okay. Okay. that shows you the crew having fun doing stuff it's up there like top five tos episodes of all time right give you that foundation then we do some crazy shit but yeah we're gonna do a little bit of tos and see how you feel about it so we're going all the way back to the 60s people on the Sinterprise. can't wait for that um yeah anything else before we sign off uh yeah for those of you who have just joined us during this most recent season of lower decks or even from strange new worlds we we have certain seasons of the podcast where we don't have anything new being released so we go back to old stuff which means we come to you guys for your suggestions a lot you can either email those to us captainspod at cinemasins.com or you can join us on twitter or discord uh it's discord.gg slash cinemasins and within the cinemasins discord there is a section that's dedicated to captain's pod and there's lots of conversations that sort of happen there so if you have a suggestion you want us to watch, um, you can get it to us any number of ways. Uh, Ian has been 
compiling a lot of the suggestions that have come in over the last couple of years. And so we do have obviously a lot to cover and hopefully all of it will be fun. Um, but according to the chat, sometimes the suggestions have gone awry. So mm. we want to blame you for those this next season, <laughs> yep. not Ian. <laughs> exactly. I do want to have a kind of theme that ties the season together. So we'll we'll get thinking okay, about that. The I don't want it to be too random. My my theme that literally just popped into my head is to do stories that are continued across iterations of Star Trek. Kind of in honor of Lower Decks and how Lower Decks does that. Because there is a follow-up uh, like episode. Tribbles kind of like goes through multiple. Tribbles gets, this specific episode gets picked up in another iteration. So I almost want to do callbacks and see how that how that pans out. So let's let's use that as a framework for some suggestions. Keep your eye on Discord for updates and, and other things that we have going on as CinemaSins. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited for this next season. Thank you guys for joining us for another season of, a, of Star Trek material. Yeah. You guys are the best. We love it. We will see you next week. And until then, I'm Captain Ian. I have to go accept some flappity flappity fisticuffs from a foul fiend. Oh, and I demand battle by combat! <laughs> Finish him! Live long and pots back. Thanks for listening. Want to connect with the show? Our hailing frequencies are always open through captainspod at cinemasins.com. Like, comment, and subscribe on your podcast player of choice, and be sure to visit cinemasins.com. Okay, you ready to go? Yeah, I'm ready. Oh my gosh. Are you, like, so ready? I'm, like, super fucking ready, okay. I like readier than anything, okay. <coughs> what? <coughs> Are you okay? I'm good. I just had, like, my, my, it was a fucking disaster, like, that, that last what? five seconds. I realized I hadn't added our cameras back to the stream. My throat uh -huh. started to close up and my head, my earphone fell out. So I was like, <laughs> battle stations, everyone, computer, divert energy to the warp cord. Get my ear sorted out and get us out of here. Ian is refusing what? to just do the show. Oh, I thought uh, you so had more to go. Over. No, I'll no, take I'm over. I'll take over. I'll it. take over. I'm no, I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. There was one little, little cool thing that I really, really liked. That I wanted to talk about once I've stopped <gasps> hiccuping. Mm -hmm, <gasps> mm -hmm. Welcome to the hiccup part of the show where we hiccup together. Everybody hiccup Wait, together. Wait, where are your hiccups? <laughs> no, it's your dinosaur <laughs> hiccup. Like <laughs> you guys want to know what it sounds like when a, when a pterodactyl <laughs> hiccups? <laughs> because that's what, that's what that sounds like. My dogs are wanting to go outside as they always do. Of course. I won't let them. So I think what I'm going to do is I'm mm -hmm. going to... When we say go, I'm going to run over, yeah. hit hit the button, uh, yeah. let them outside, run back in, hit the button, watch it, and then they're outside the whole time, and then I'll let them in and then do the show. That way, it's not delayed anymore. Wait, what button? The go button. The go live button? So during no, no, that 30-second no, no. countdown? No, 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 no. Sorry, sorry, sorry. The go the go play the, the show button. Oh, <laughs> not got, clear it, got, it, got it, got it, got it, got it. No, clear not clear. None all, of that was but clear. I would, no. No. If I actually shaved my beard off, I think there would be riots. I don't know if you, Aaron, or Iris would actually look at me at all. If you shaved your beard? Yeah. I mean, yeah, we would look at you. That's how, I mean, I look at the people that I talk to. Would, would, I, would I like you anymore? No. <laughs> okay, let me just tell you something that's going on behind the scenes that you don't know about. Ian and Iris will sometimes start talking to each other. I don't, I don't stop this, by the way. So it's, it's my fault. 
about something that Iris came up with on her own um, mm-hmm. to store food in his beard to mm-hmm. eat later. The beard nom nom game. She's it's evolved into the, the called the nom nom game, and there are some rules, but they talk about it. And I know at some point in time during your visit, this is going to happen. You you keep talking about it. <laughs> yeah, we're just trying to find a spare hour where we can decide the the type of food and just the logistics of doing it. The latest thing is that she said she was going to get a pair of tongs to pull them out. And I'm like, why do you need tongs? You don't need tongs to do this. And she's like, what if it's a really big chunk of food? And I'm like, don't do it. And my thing is, oh, I'm over in the corner going, why are we talking about this like it's actually going to be happening? And then I realize, oh, it's Ian and Iris. This is going to happen. And there are some rules about what is allowed to go in the beard and what is not. Anyway, there's a really good chance that you will have to shave your beard because what she puts in your beard to nom nom later oh, is yeah. going to just like congeal in there and it's going to turn in into there. a whole No, thing. We, we've made it really clear. We established that there would be nothing liquidy or sticky that's going in there. She's very clear on the wall. She's more protective of my beard than I am. I want to I want to jump into this one. What does Danae have against the transporter? Past few episodes has her wanting to run to the holodeck instead of the transporter. But let me tell you what I have against it. Okay. I've learned a lot after listening to Ian talk about Star Trek and transporters. Mm-hmm, and what mm-hmm. I know is that part of me disappears every time, you know, and I just. Oh, it's so much worse than that. And I need the exercise as well. It's so much it's, worse. It's really the only. <laughs> all Go of on, you Ian. Disappear. All <laughs> of you disappears and is reconstituted as something else. Not just a little bit. <laughs> every bit of you disappears <laughs> and is then reimagined from the computer's memory of what it thought you were when it picked you up can you imagine like no if the computer just thought that you were going to be a little bit taller every single time (laughs) if it was reading your thoughts and just like well hey this is what you wanted john's saying you're wrong loder like listen come at we 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 want to learn as i understand it the transports of the computer breaks you down into your constituent constituent elements transfers that energy and those particles along a matter stream and then reconstitutes it as it thinks you were put together it uses some fuckery to do it i don't know how to talk about it all i know is it scares me enough that if i could just walk down a couple corridors and get my steps in for the day that that's probably what i should do we need to watch more turbo lift go wrong episodes (laughs) that put you off using the turbo lift David Ellis says, I get it. I love to have a transporter, but I would not be the first one to use it. <laughs> this guy gets it. Yeah. Never be the first. Lodera says the transporter transports the original particles. I don't know. I don't know that that's confirmed. Uh, Cameron says it uses the pattern to rebuild you. It has to use the original molecules. If you use the particles available at the target spot, you wouldn't be able to beam things into space. Fair. That is fair. Moving your bits, guys. We're just moving our bits around. Moving our bits around. It's energy to matter conversion, says J.A. And Phil says they kind of explain it in the episode where Riker got his clone. Yeah, there's got to be extra bits if you can make a clone. Like it's matter to energy, energy to matter. And it just, it still is reconstituting that energy based on the memory of what it had. So it may not be new bits, but it is rebuilding (laughs) you from memory. Nick says, I think it is moving your bits. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like okay best. i kind of want to is... have something that's like like a bumper sticker that says transporter just moving bits <laughs> so this is like, like the transporter <laughs> defense league we're just moving bits just like just moving the bits 
Oh, I love this. Um, Michael Okuda said, when asked how does the Heisenberg compensator work, he replied, very well, thank you. Okay, I'm going to read I'm going to read the uncertainty principle because I don't know. I didn't know before now. Formulated this is a quick Google search. This is the first thing that pops up on Google without any clicking whatsoever, which means I've not clicked on this article. I have not verified this content. Um I am just going for a simple answer. I will say too that there's some really interesting like uh formulaic equations in my eyes. There is a triangle with a squiggly x and a triangle and like a little fancy p. Math and like the thing. little nom nom, you know, we got we got waka, some waka, stuff waka. happening here. So obviously smart stuff is going on when there's hieroglyphics on my screen. Formulated by the German physicist and Nobel laureate Werner Heisenberg in 1927. Don't, why did you Heisenberg. say his name like that? I like I like trying to say words weirdly. You like moving you your mouth this. bits? I really like my mouth bits. Wanna homework? If I can swing my bottom jaw. As he was just correct possible. everybody. No, that's not my name. My name is Juan Heinberg. My name is... The uncertainty principle states that we cannot know both the position and speed of a particle. Correct. Such as a photon or electron with perfect accuracy. The more we nail down the particle's position, the less we know about its speed and vice versa. That is the quick... TLDR, yeah. And how this relates to transporter beams and why I would prefer to walk somewhere, isn't it obvious? I loved this point from Flyboy. Notice Beckett was never called by name in the flashback, leaving open the question of whether she was going by Freeman or Mariner at the time. My guess is it's the former. Because yeah. everybody knows that their last name is Freeman. Yeah, of course. I'm I'm almost certain that she changed her name to be separated from her famous Captain Mum and her famous Admiral Dad. I That's got to be why she's called Mariner. Um, I have one from Scott Lego. Having never Sorry. watched anything Star Trek but the new movies, where should I start? Oh, can I take this one? Please do, because I'm not okay. good at this question. Okay, Scott. So let me let me just say, first and foremost, I am newer to Star Trek, and I have had the absolute privilege of actually speaking to some of the people who have written episodes and uh, who have acted on their shows. Um, just we're really, really lucky to have had some really cool conversations with these very passionate Trek people. And one thing I've noticed is that when the topic comes up of like what Danae should watch next as the new person, the conversation always goes the same place, even though none of them know it, which yeah. is the very next question is, Scott Lego, what do you like to watch? Right. Star so Trek has so You have much. to answer that question. So like when you when you're thinking about Picking up a TV show, are you like a murder mystery person? <laughs> are you uh, like action adventure or romance love story, um, monster of the week, uh, highly intellectual conversations, like what kind of playful, fun comedy? So think about like what you like mm -hmm. and then then the Trek nerds will have a suggestion for you. And then, oh, oh, and even better. Even better, 
the nerds start fighting about which one is the right one. Oh my gosh, they <laughs> and really And then you do. just get to sit back and watch them all like throw out titles of stuff and then until one of them comes out the winner at the end. Honestly, my my answer, my genuine answer usually lands on TNG because it's such a, it is the launching point for Star Trek today as we know it. TNG connects into Deep Space Nine, connects into Voyager, connects into Lower Decks, connects into Picard. I don't know, unless you're going, unless you want me to pick out individual episodes, yeah. starting from the very beginning of TNG feels like the best way forward TNG? for me. TNG? The next generation, because it no! connects to everything else. No, Where would absolutely you start? not. Strange New Worlds, hands down. Oh, no, you're Strange right. New Worlds is fucking yeah, beautiful. It's new, but it's also old school. So it has an old school vibe to like sci-fi yeah, stuff. Yeah, no, you're right. It's it's more modernly paced. And the, they do, especially just season one of Strange New Worlds will- Is incredible. It's fucking incredible. I like intellectual shows. So probably more towards those TNG. Shows. TNG. That's about as intellectual as it gets. But I, I still agree. I think to to with a Wait. modern brain- then Strange New Worlds is the way forward, and then TNG. Am I the nerd arguing with the nerd now? You are. You've <laughs> done it. You've seen oh, enough no. Star Trek to have no. an opinion. Oh, no. You oh, have. no. Deep Space Nine is pretty intellectual, too. Like, when you were talking about intellect, I was thinking Deep Space Nine, because TNG, for me, is more, like, uh, fun and episodic and not really intellectual, but, like, Deep Space Nine seemed to be really in on itself like it stays in that world and it has a continual story that it's constantly building on which seems Correct. to be pretty intellectual it's possibly the least star trek of all the star trek though because by the time you get into like season five and six you're really serialized like you're really and it's excellent it's one of my favorite shows but it's a very serialized war story it's much more star wars than it is star trek in some ways um shoot me but fine tng feels like core star trek to me but i don't i agree season one and season two aren't great places to start so i think with tng it is a good idea to find a watch list and here are the top 20 episodes of tng to start with because they can be watched in isolation it's good to take it and do it Lodair has offered to send you a watch guide if you would like. You mm -hmm. guys are on different platforms. I can uh, include it in the episode description because I have that from you, Lodair. So I'll okay. make a so, note to put it in the description of this episode. When this episode comes out next week, just click on the description of the episode and there's going to be a watch guide uh, attached to it. Oh, Slab has done some maths. I was told there would be no maths. First Lower Decks episode is Stardate 57436, putting it in June of 2380. The last star date in a few badges more is 58.93.4 and set it as December 23.81. So all four seasons are within 18 months of each other. Yeah, that's what I thought, actually. Nice. Bravo. That's really, really cool. So that puts it math, right math, after. Math, math, Right math, after Nemesis. Math, math, math. <laughs>